0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I used to care so much about portraying a perfect life and acting like everything was okay when really things were far from it. I was secretly battling anxiety, depression, and an eating disorder. So it was a lot. I'm Victoria Garrick, former Division I athlete, mental health advocate, and host of RealPod. Every Wednesday, I sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, and more to talk about the inner thoughts and feelings that we're all struggling with. So leave the filters and facetunes at the door and join me on RealPod. Hey, bestie, it's Cammie Crawford. Relationships are hard, and that's why I'm here. Think of me as your big sister slash audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship. advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in every Friday for new episodes. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so you don't miss all the hot goss. And if you're loving the show, please leave us a review. Talk soon, bestie. Hello, besties. Happy Friday. Today, we have a guest that I know and love and have loved for so long now. We have my friend, Deshauna Barber, Dr. Deshauna Barber, on the podcast today. She was Miss USA 2016. She's a U.S. Army veteran. She's a motivational speaker. She is really that girl, okay? She has everything and then some going for her, and I'm so proud of her. Today's episode, she's going to be talking all about an insane experience that she had with a stalker. And this episode is going to take you for a ride. Okay. She is such an excellent storyteller. And I I was like on the edge of my seat the entire time, even though I know half of what happened, but the full story is going to have you gagged. Okay. And basically we're going to talk about being safe while dating and the importance of not ignoring those red flags. Okay. When you see them, You better recognize. Let's get to the show. This is going to be a good one. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. It's your girl, Cammie Crawford. And today, I can't, I just have to shake my head. (laughs) (laughs) In, In happiness and excitement and pride for this woman, Dr. Deshauna Barber is in the building. Yay! Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, if you don't know, I don't know where you've been. But I'm sure you know because, Deshauna, your face has been everywhere since you won Miss USA in 2016. You're a U.S. Army veteran. You were the first ever military anything to win Miss USA. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're a motivational speaker, CEO of the Service Women's Action Network. And now, five seconds, But I first of all, I've known Deshauna for a, a long time, but you just let me know that you are a doctor also
1: yay (laughs) (laughs)
0: like what 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 does dashauna not do what are you not good at
1: ah there's a (laughs) few things i'm sure i can come up with a few things but you know the the list on the resume continues to grow you know how it is you just got to keep striving for bigger and better things girl and fiance fiance (laughs) fiance we do have to say future wife the future wife is on the list now y'all i'm so
0: happy for you i'm so happy (laughs) thank you. you and i'm happy for you for so many reasons, but mostly because I've known you since you were competing mm-hmm. for my mom's pageant. Yes. Miss <laughs> DC USA. When did you start? You were competing for a while before that, though. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. For how long? Seven years. Seven years I had been competing. So I started at 19 and won at 26, but I was competing every year leading up until there, so. And I feel like when you won, it was like divine timing. Like it was. Everything
0: was perfect. Perfectly placed. Yes. Perfectly aligned. My mom is obsessed with you. I didn't even tell her we were recording this today. I haven't told her either. Girl, she's going (laughs) to freak out. She's gonna be like, You are like her extra child. Like Mm -hmm. she is so proud of you and Mm -hmm. always has been. And as soon as she you won, she was like, She's gonna be Miss USA. She kept saying that I'm like I don't think so, Miss Carla. But she was like I'm gonna need you to get on board because yeah. you're winning this pageant, mm-hmm. and then you did. And You were in the stands. I for re- I think I <laughs> almost I think I like blew out a few brain cells. From you might how, have how
1: hard I screamed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was shaking. I almost passed out.
1: I saw the reaction video. I think someone had their camera on you. Yes, and I remember that. And then I saw you backstage after, and then oh, you had Miss Carla on Facetime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was <laughs> such an insane
0: experience and i mean we both know from being in the pageants yes world it's a wild ride very much so and i think people think of it in one way but for me i i don't even know if i told you i almost quit we all had that moment right <laughs> we all have had yeah that moment because it's, yeah. it's a lot it's alive it's not all beautiful gowns there are yeah. beautiful gowns but it's not all that like there's a lot of shit yeah that goes down and There are things, too, for I know a lot of women who, if you haven't worked on certain things before you get into that position, everything starts bubbling up to the surface. Yes. And it can be really, really overwhelming. But what's crazy is that when it ends, it's just as overwhelming.
1: It is. It's the pressures of where do I
0: go now? Yeah, yeah. You feel like your carriage just turned back into a pumpkin. Yes.
1: <laughs> you got to figure out where
0: you're going to put this pumpkin and how yeah. you're going to sell this pumpkin, make a pumpkin pie yeah. to
1: everybody, and like it's a lot. It's like how do you top this goal that you've been going after for so long? Now that it's over, what does life look like? Because pageantry yeah. can almost engulf you, mm-hmm. and it becomes your life. Yes. And once it's over you're looking at all these other formers and you're you start the comparison game and you almost start assimilating in a way mm-hmm. and i think that was the struggle that i had was i what does deshauna want to do not what have other formers done what's like the what's the trail that most people take i had to think to myself how do i stay true to who I am and what I want. Mm -hmm. And that kind of became my focus after USA was what does that look like? And, you know, most people thought acting and modeling and all these things. But I'm just like, I kind of this is a fun fact. I actually acquired social anxiety after Mm. Miss USA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I became a very introverted person. After the year that I had had and social anxiety is something I deal with heavily now. Yeah. And I don't really like large like spaces with large amounts of people and like social spaces. Even as a speaker, me being on stage, once I'm done speaking, I have to really like decompress mm-hmm. afterwards because now I just the the amount of energy that is pulled out of me from social spaces. It just exhausts me now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what that spotlight does to you. I'm the same way. I'm the exact same way. I Mm -hmm. noticed I didn't realize and maybe
0: I don't know. I never really thought about it, actually. But maybe it's because like when you are Miss USA, Miss Teen USA, you have a person who travels with you, you have a travel manager. And so that person does most of the introductions for you Mm -hmm. after that year was up. I didn't realize how much networking anxiety I actually had. Yeah,
1: networking anxiety, for
0: sure. And I yeah. could not, like, the thought of going up to somebody and, like, before, you go into these events, you've got your sash on, people yeah, know who guitar. you are. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to, like, really say much. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> or it's the opposite. I've yeah. had, I mean, I've had so many, like, it's crazy how many women, especially at galas, like, Rima, who was my Miss USA in 2010, we would go to these galas. And women would rip us apart right in front of our faces. Mm. Regularly, mm. they would be like these bitches. They think that they're so beautiful and they oh think they're gosh, so hot because yeah. they would be with their husbands. Yeah, and they the would jealousy. Be, they, it's so much jealousy. It's jealousy. They it's would so, be. Yeah. They would be like. They probably are prostitutes. Like, same. Mm -hmm. And I did not know how to. Thankfully, Rima, she held it down (laughs) because Rima can talk to anybody. She can talk to anybody. (laughs) I am not like that. Oh, yeah. So I'm just sitting there quietly stabbing my steak. And she is like, So Mm -hmm. where are you guys from? Oh, And she can, like, completely. She was just so good at, like, working people to the point where they would start off talking shit and then. Best friends after. (laughs) They're in love with her and they're inviting her to the Hamptons for, you know, whatever next gala there is. Yeah. But you go from that and having somebody who kind of and and having this thing on you that that represents who you are to then having to introduce yourself as who you are. yeah That was scary for me because I'm like, first of all, I know what it's like for people to be excited about pageant girls and I know what it's like for people to roll their eyes. Oh, Yeah. So to introduce myself as a former Miss Teen USA was already like, OK, well, what else can I say? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, I want to be a TV host, but I'm not a TV host. And if I introduce myself as a TV host, people are going to be like, well, what, what show do you host? host? Yeah. And I'm going to be like, oh,
1: well, I'm like, uh.
0: <laughs> And that's what freaked me out about yeah. it. And then I think obviously COVID, everybody got social anxiety after down, that. Yeah. So I'm right there with you with the social anxiety.
1: It's a whole new world now. It's a
0: whole new world, and yeah. I I do agree. Like you need that decompression after exerting yourself in the way that you do, especially the way that you do, because <laughs> you are not like just a motivational speaker. I think you're like a preacher.
1: <laughs> oh well, thank you. Yeah. There, there's a little hint of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there has to be, honestly, with, with with speaking. Well, at least with my style, there, there has to be a hint of almost like. <sighs> almost this sense of poetic speaking mm-hmm. i think that's what i try to lean to where people are like well you know what's your strategy for speaking and when i write i try to make sure that everything sounds very poetic mm-hmm. and beautiful people people take that in a little bit better especially women cuz obviously i a lot of my speeches are are geared towards women empowerment conferences and stuff like that so women they attach themselves to to beauty mm. and and the thought of of this like evolution from bottom to top type discussions. Yeah. So when I do speak, I try to make sure that there's almost a Cinderella story within every piece of what I say. But I also have a realness. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat anything as well. Mm-hmm. So there, there's like this... I'm always inspired by certain preachers, and they have the Bible to kind of lean on when they're speaking and they're preaching. I just have life. I have life experience, and from those experiences, I'm able to craft a speech based off of all the lessons that I've learned. Yeah, and you've had a lot of life experience.
0: You have (laughs) lived so many lives and I guess that's why I'm so proud of you. It's just like, i you just have done so many amazing things and you're such a good person.
1: Thank you. And like
0: it radiates outwards because you could be given motivational speeches and people will know if you're a bad person and they will not oh, yeah. be. It's not <laughs> like you're speaking life into people, right. which is what you do. Right. But obviously, people who are listening to this episode, I'm sure the title description is going to be <laughs> totally opposite from what we're yeah. talking about right now. But. We had to have you come in and talk today, because obviously now you're flourishing. You are engaged, you are living your best life. I have seen you through some relation shits, honey.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you have made it through. Talk about a yes. Cinderella story.
1: Yes, one hundred percent. You have made it
0: through. but there was one relationship <laughs> in particular that we are here to discuss today, and we it's are. almost like a cautionary tale, yes. I was trying to explain to my boyfriend this morning, and he was like, Wait, what? And I was like, I have to get the full story from top to bottom again.
1: Yeah. It's so crazy. (laughs) It's so crazy.
0: a confession to make. I'm ashamed to admit how much money I've spent on food delivery apps in the past year. But this year, 2023, new year, new me, I am changing my life around. Every plate is America's best value meal kit and the ultimate hack to do just that. Meals are 25% cheaper than grocery shopping, so you can count on great value week after week. Get started with Every Plate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code Cami 149 Y'all, I really feel like I'm turning into a little bit of a wellness girly these days. You know, wellness is more than just nutrition and exercise. So sleep, stress management, and mindfulness are all important aspects of wellness. CBD can help. NextEvo Naturals developed smart sorb technology clinically proven to help your body absorb CBD four times better than regular C B D oil. Get 20% off of your first order of $40 or more at Nextevo.com slash podcast and use promo code CAMI. That's 20% off at com slash podcast, promo code CAMI.
1: All right, let's get back to the show. Start from the top. <laughs> okay, so I need everyone to like buckle their seatbelts yeah. for this one because you years ago, you got a, a piece of it. So I'm glad that you and your boyfriend had a conversation earlier. But it's, it's so deep rooted. I'm going to do everything that I can to shorten it up. So we're going to go back some years. Mm-hmm. All right, way, 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 way back. I need everyone to just bear with me as I get through this because it's all going to it's all going to add up in the end.
0: We're locked in, girl. We're locked
1: in. <laughs> okay. So years ago, I met this guy via Instagram. He had been DMing me for about five or six years. Yes. And I just always left him on scene. He had been DMing me for five or six years. Hey, my name is such and such. Would love to get to know you, whatever. And He probably... It it was for five or six years, but I think a message was probably once a year. So Mm -hmm. it's only so Mm -hmm. many messages. But when Mm -hmm. you look at the dates, it dated back.
0: We all have that one man in our inbox that's been talking to himself for a really long time.
1: For a long time. So he was that man. He was that guy. So... I'm single at the time. I finally give the guy a chance. I respond via DM. We have a nice chat over the phone. He ends up flying to Chicago, where I was living at the time. And we went out on a great first date. It was awesome. We started chatting and dating after that. He had a birthday coming up. He wanted to fly to Dubai for the birthday. I'm always down. I've always wanted to go to Dubai, so I flew to Dubai with him. About four days in to this trip, we get into an argument at his birthday dinner because it is at this dinner that he informed me that he had been married. I did not know this. Not a big, not a huge deal, but I was a little bit disappointed that that wasn't something that had been shared prior to. But I just mm-hmm. said, okay. We got into a really bad argument about it. He became irate. It was very clear that he had anger issues. But he was divorced at this time? He was divorced, yeah. So he had, he had met this girl for about two weeks and married her. And that's what really got mm-hmm. me about it. Yes, but Reflying. he got it annulled. So we got into a disagreement. I say, hey, you're getting irate. I'm the type of person, I don't like this like loud, crazy acting, whatever, in, a, in public places. Yeah. So I'm just like, let's just leave. So we leave. We're in the Uber, and he proceeds to assault me in the Uber. And I mean, he's jumping on me. He's grabbing all over my body. Shana, I
0: did not know that. Yes,
1: he's grabbing all over my body. He is completely just violating me in the back of this Uber. And I'm just screaming and yelling. And I'm just like, get off of me. What are you doing? And he just will not stop. Good thing is that the restaurant wasn't far from where we were staying. We pulled up to the Airbnb where we were staying. And... He continues to assault me, grab on me, grope me, all these things on the way up to the elevator. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm done with this guy. Mm. So I walk into the Airbnb and I just start packing my things. He then grabs me and I'm a small girl. So he grabs me, throws me over his shoulder and drags me into the bedroom. As he's dragging me, it was so bad. I pull my phone out of my out of my pocket And I call my sister and I put it on speaker and I'm screaming and yelling and I'm thinking he's really about to rape me. I'm 100 percent sure that's what he was going to do. When he heard the phone ringing, he dropped me and then ran into the bathroom. So I run downstairs. I get security. They come upstairs and they stand in the Airbnb as I pack up my things and I go to a hotel. And then I fly from Dubai to Chicago that next day by myself, booked a last minute flight and left. So I get back to Chicago. He comes back from Dubai on the plane on the flight we were supposed to get on, which was like two days after. He's showing up at my door. He's trying to buzz to get into the apartment. I've got the lights out. Like, I'm just in fear of my life because this guy is just going crazy. He's calling me five, six, seven times a day, texting me over and over again. And he proceeds to stalk me for probably the next three or four months until I meet my next boyfriend. Well, he wasn't a boyfriend, but until I meet my boyfriend, right? We're gonna call him Marcus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I meet Marcus through my sister because Marcus is in the same military unit as my sister's husband, Mm -hmm. okay? So they say, hey, we were talking to this guy at a military ball, he's interested in you. Would love to connect. So I say, sure. Now, so mind referral, you. That's safe. Yeah, a referral, right? Yeah. She He knows my sister's husband that works military. I'm military. I just got out last year. I was in for 11 years. I'm used to military men. My dad was military. So that was fine. So mind you. This, this is three or four months after the situation in Dubai. That guy is still stalking me, mm. still calling me every day, still messaging me every day. Now, I'm the type where I love my number. I didn't want to change my number. So I'm just like, maybe he'll just wear off if I continue to give him the silent treatment. So three or four months again, meet the new guy, Marcus. We start mm-hmm. dating. We date for a very short amount of time before I decide let's move in together. Now, I want to move in with him one because i was stupid but also because <laughs> <Girl>. <laughs> but also because i was afraid of the previous dubai guy mm-hmm. i'm terrified he just continues to call he continues to i think show up at my apartment where i'm hearing buzzing but i'm looking down can't see anything from my mm. apartment so i'm still terrified so i moved from chicago to virginia to live with marcus he is stationed in virginia We lived together and I noticed that he has a really, really, really bad temper, like very, Mm. very, very violent temper, punching walls, throwing things really bad. There was a few times where he physically assaulted me as well, where he would hold me down. Like if I'm saying back away from me, back away from me as he's yelling and irate because he thinks the sky is red when it's actually blue, Mm -hmm. like just very, a very terrible temperament. So, he assaulted me a few times as well. But in my head, I'm still concerned about this stalker, mm. the Dubai guy. So, y'all bear with me. So, because you don't want to go back to Chicago. I don't want to live by myself, period. Right. So, after being with him for maybe three months, I finally changed my number because the Dubai guy is just not letting up. And this is like six or seven months later, he's just not letting up. So, I finally changed my number, and it's crickets for like A few months, maybe two, three months is crickets. I don't hear anything from Dubai guy. And have you told Marcus at this point about Dubai guy? Yes. From the beginning. From the beginning, he knows that I have a very, very, very persistent stalker. Mm. He knows this. He's always reassuring me. I'll protect you. I'll take care of you. Like you are, you are my priority. Mm -hmm. But while also being abusive, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. Marcus gets restationed to Hawaii I'm that mm-hmm. ride or die girlfriend. And I'm like, you know what? You go to Hawaii. I go to Hawaii. Girl, I
0: remember my mom calling me. She said, you Ugh. trying to move into Hawaii to go be with this boyfriend? She told
1: me not to. <laughs> she told me not to. And I totally didn't listen. Everyone told me not to.
0: <laughs> but I said, I was
1: like, mom, it's Hawaii. Like, that's <laughs> also what I said. I'm like, it's not Alaska, right? Like, it's not Alaska. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, okay, it's Hawaii. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at the time. And COVID hit. Mm -hmm. So I'm working virtually for my nonprofit. Speeches are also all virtual. Yeah. So I could do this from Hawaii, right? Who wouldn't want to be in Hawaii? And it was beautiful. Oh, it was amazing. So when we leave, he takes all of my stuff from the Chicago apartment and puts it in his military storage, which I'm okay with. I don't have anything to do with. I don't need the stuff right now. So I got to Hawaii with two suitcases. The rest of my stuff is placed in a military storage. So... I'm in Hawaii, y'all. This man, I mean, he is like, he's a bomb waiting to go off every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is just filled with so much anger. I I just, I've never met somebody that was just had this like volatile type personality where just if if I breathe wrong, he's upset. Mm. He's just very intensely angry. We had the police called on us a few times because he's screaming, throwing things. And they always say before a person punches you they punch something next to you Mm, so that's mm -hmm. where we was where Mm. he's throwing things next to me he's punching things next to me so but Mm -hmm. in my mind I'm afraid of this stalker now mind you by then I changed my number Mm -hmm. before we left from before we left to Hawaii I changed my number right I have a new number every about every two weeks I changed my number again Again, I remember again, that shit. Because right? every time you
0: text me, be like, hey, it's a Sean, a new number. I'm like, bitch,
1: what? Yes. <laughs> what
0: is going on? I changed my on? number
1: probably 10 times in a year, maybe. Like, I was every. nuts, It was crazy. It was really, really, really bad. This person. The Dubai guy continues to find my number. So what I did was I sold my phone because I'm thinking maybe he has like a SIM card. Mm. Maybe he knows my SIM card number or something or he knows somebody at Sprint. Like, I don't know. So I get a new phone under my sister's plan. Mm. Then all of a sudden, my sister's getting phone calls. She's getting text messages. Now, mind you, there'll be times where I'm sitting with Marcus and I get a phone call from the stalker and I answer and I'm like, hello thinking it's somebody, only five people by now have my number. And it's like, I know where you're at. I know you're in Target in aisle six. And I'm sitting next to... They're talking to you on the talking phone. Talking to me on the phone. And I'm sitting next to Marcus like, oh my God, it's him. He, he knows we're here. If you've ever been stalked before, you have this like intense level of paranoia constantly, especially when it's scary, especially when they're saying things like, I know where you're at. I know you're picking up orange juice right now. Like, I know you're doing this. I know you're doing that. But you're on the phone with this person. And the only person with you is your partner, but they're not on the phone. So it has to be true, right? What the fuck? Really scary. So I'm getting 10, 15 phone calls a day, like 20 text messages a day. My sister's getting the same thing. Where it's like fub, like you ain't. I'm trying not to cuss, but you ain't this, you ain't that. Both of us for months. So then, I start and wait, getting. Were these all from the same number? No, no, no. They're all different numbers every time.
0: And they're probably text app numbers, like text not. Apps. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. So then, I start having really bad dreams. Really, 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 really mm-hmm. bad dreams. And I called my sister. And by then, I had been having this dream for like two weeks. And I said, hey, I keep getting the same dream. And she said, okay, what's the dream? And I said, I'm waking up and I see Marcus come into the room after going to the bathroom. He's getting ready to go to work because he would go to work around six or seven o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. But there's a silhouette over his head. Mm-hmm. And the silhouette has horns. Mm. Oh, yes. I just got chills all over my body. It's crazy. So it was the silhouette of a devil on top of his head. Like his head is the devil's head. And I tell my sister, my sister can vouch, my older sister, Pumpkin. Well, her name is Dariana, but we call her Pumpkin. I called her. She said, you're probably just paranoid. I said, "Punkin, I've been having this dream for three weeks to a month now. It's the same dream. Every night, it's the same dream. It's the silhouette. And she's like, just hang in there. I feel like you're just going through a lot. You're you're paranoid from the stalker, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So I think about a month after that, the dream goes away. But then I have another dream. And it's with my mom who passed away mm-hmm. during my time as Miss USA, unfortunately. Yeah. And she, it was me, her and Marcus at dinner. And she's never met him, obviously. She's never met him. No, years. She, she passed away years before yeah. uh, we got together. And she just kept staring at him in disgust. Mm. And you know, when, when someone close to you passes away, especially like a mother, I think they come to you in their dreams to communicate. One thousand percent. You just have that, that, yes. that interaction. They're your guardian angels. One hundred percent. And she just kept mugging him. And I just kept saying, you know, mom, stop, like, stop, stop, stop. But it was like this deep rooted <gasps> hatred for him. The way the
0: hairs on my entire body are just like yes. standing up.
1: It was so, I woke up like, wow, my mom hates him. Like, (laughs) why would she come into my dream and do this? Because she's coming to my dreams all the time, just doing random things, Mm -hmm. saying, but she specifically was staring at him in disgust and hatred. So I'm like, this is a sign. So that night, so I woke up that morning. That was the sign. I said, okay, that night I went through his phone while he was sleeping. And y'all... Mm. what was in this phone is so insane I can't express. I opened his phone and he had a few things in there that weren't as alarming as what I'm going to get to. So he had been messaging a lot of prostitutes. Mm. Let's start there. Oh, really? Yes, yes. There is a lot of prostitution in Hawaii is actually pretty prevalent. So he was messaging a lot of prostitutes in his Messaging, trying to meet up with them to pay for sexual intercourse. He also had a Plenty of Fish account. Oh! Yes. Girl! In Hawaii. The nerve and the audacity. The nerve, because my first runner-up was Miss Hawaii, and a lot... I would walk into malls and stuff in Hawaii, and people would know exactly who I am. Exactly who I am. Of course they would. Yes, (laughs)
0: yes.
1: (laughs) So for my... Man, to be on plenty of fish, it's just not discreet at all.
0: It's also, there's a military, there's multiple military bases in multiple,
1: and you yeah. are
0: the military queen, like what?
1: Yeah. So he had a plenty of fish Whoa. account. Crazy. He's messaging other soldiers that are lower enlisted soldiers. So he was an off he's an officer in the military. So you're not allowed to fraternization is obviously against the rules. It's against regulations. So he's messaging all these, he's a captain, so he was messaging privates and PFCs, private first classes, like I can go through the ranks. Like all these different soldiers that were lower ranked than him, flirting with them, trying to meet up with them, saying very inappropriate things. So that's that's not even the worst of it, right? So I'm Already disgusted because prostitutes, plenty of fish, messaging, lower enlisted soldiers, not okay. But then I get to this app, which was a very interesting app. The app is called Text Me Now. Mm. I open the app and it's all these messages that are being sent to two numbers my number and my sister's number. Because the first number I see is a 910 number, which is a North Carolina number where my sister's from. And it's all these F-U-B, you slut, you whore, you this, you that going in. And then I type in my name in the search in his regular messages. And it is a conversation between him and his best friend. And he's telling his best friend, call Deshaunna right now. Say this to Deshaunna right now. We're in Target, aisle seven. Tell her you know where you're at right now. And all you see is him responding back saying, yeah, bro, sure, just did it. Yep, just called her. And who
0: the fuck is he? Exactly. Because he needs to go to jail.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: both of them prison together.
1: Same cell. In cahoots together, both tormenting me for at least a year. So this entire time, I think that it's Dubai guy. Right. Of course. And I don't know. I still to this day don't know when it stopped being Dubai guy and when it became the person I was dating. I still to this day don't know when it stopped being him and started being Marcus. When it
0: stopped being your stalker and started being your boyfriend. Exactly. That's insane.
1: So as soon as I'm looking at it, I hear this, that Jason sound eh, eh, yeah. yeah, and where is he and where are you when you're reading that? I'm in the living room. It's like three o'clock in the morning and he's asleep in the bed. And I called my dad immediately. Yeah, at yeah. three o'clock in the morning. That was
0: smart because I feel like my first instinct would be to run in there and literally
1: choke him to death. I was terrified sleep. of him. He was too oh, dangerous God. to do that because that would have been my first instinct if I didn't think that he was unstable. But he's very unstable. So I called my dad. I said, dad. And my dad obviously knew of the stalker situation. Mm. I said, dad, this man is the one that's been stalking me for over a year now. My dad said, Pack your stuff. So we came up with a plan. I said, honestly, he's dangerous. I think if he knows that I'm leaving, I really think he's going to kill me. Like I'm not. Mm. I I knew in my mind he's going to hold me hostage. He's never going to let me go because there was this obsession that he had. Yeah. And my dad said, okay, do this. I'm going to call everyone in the family, as in my sister, my brothers, my stepmom, everybody. Tell them that I had a stroke. Knock on wood. Oh, dad. I know, right? I had a stroke. I'm in the hospital. You need to fly home immediately. That's going to be the plan. And I'll make sure that he can't call anybody. No one's going to answer. I That's remember exactly what part we did. of this plan. Right. I was like, this is
0: smart. good plan. Good plan. OK, tell, it's a good tell plan. A plan.
1: So I bought my ticket out, which was probably like six or seven hours later. And I pack up all my things. And what I realized is that, wow, like I've been here for so long but I gotta figure out how to get the most important things in the two suitcases. That's all I have. Mm. So I got and I'm looking around at this this home that I've built, like all these things that are mine that just won't fit. So I go through and I prioritize all these things that I could fit in the two suitcases. And I wake him up. mind you, I'm just my heart's beating like I'm shaking. I'm terrified.. Oh. And I said, hey, my dad's in the hospital. I need you to take me to the airport right now. And luckily,
0: it was a situation that would have already had you frantic and like feeling, because I feel like I would be like throwing up trying to talk to this person who I know is a psychopath.
1: Literally. So literally, he jumps up. He's like, oh, my God, give me a hug. And I'm like, literally like terrified. So then we get in the car. He's like, well, do you talk to me? I'm just like, I'm sorry. And I'm just shaking. And like, I'm so... This is a person that I love. This is a person that I trust. This is the person that every time I would cry over my stalker, every time I would say, God, like, I'm just so tired. I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired of this person. Why won't they leave me alone? And to find out that it's him the whole time. We get to the airport. I get out the car. He puts all, you know, helps him put all the suitcases onto the curb. And I said, I know it's you. And he said, what? I said, I know it's you that's been stalking me the whole time. You and your best friend. I know it's you. And he just sat there dumbfounded, just silent. Yeah, got you, bitch. Literally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, got your ass. And at I, this point, now you're at the airport, so there's at people the around. Yeah,
1: thankfully. And if he were to try something, mm-hmm. th- there's cops. And cameras. So I, he he sat there in silence. He's like, "Uh," And I just said, I really thought, you loved me i really thought you loved me and he's like oh i, I do i just uh, and i grab my suitcase and walk away and i haven't seen him since
0: i have so many questions <laughs> yeah i knew bits and pieces of the story but everything all together of course you are already traumatized right. from the guy in Dubai. From the guy in Dubai. It's drawing you closer to this new person who's saying that they're going to protect you and do all these things even though he was acting crazy. Yeah. But you're not thinking about leaving him because leaving him leaves you... Vulnerable. Yeah. And mm-hmm. unprotected in a way. hmm Even though he's not actually protecting you.
1: He's the one that's inflicting all the pain on me.
0: And then, later on, he's literally the one, he's the orchestrator. He's the ringleader. Yeah. And this friend... <laughs> and his friend.
1: Friend was in on it the whole time.
0: And then the audacity, you're doing all of this, but you got the prostitutes and the POF and the all, like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. So you have not, nothing from him since?
1: No. How can we keep him from doing this to other people?
0: He yeah. needs to go
1: to jail. <laughs> That's literally, so immediately after this happened, I went into therapy with someone that, specializes in narcissistic, sociopathic, sociopathic abuse. Right? Yeah, because there's all this undoing and that's obviously going to be the 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 lesson behind this entire podcast is, you know, healing from these types of experiences. But I went straight into therapy and she recommended not to get the authorities involved, especially the military, because the military has a different military justice System Mm. is completely different. And she said, I feel like this might put you in danger Mm. if you risk his career. Mm. So I didn't do it for him. I more so did it just out of more fear because I feel like if someone is this crazy Mm -hmm. and unstable to purposely torment you just to keep you close to them, Mm. to make you almost afraid to leave them, Mm -hmm. you just don't know what they'll do if you try to take their career away. So... I, I left it alone. It's so fucked up, though, because it's like,
0: yeah, because you are the type of person you're a champion of of women and people. And like, of course, you would want to keep this maniac off the streets. Yeah. But I mean, he's been quiet since this. Oh, no, he still
1: continues stalking. Oh, yeah. You? Yeah, me. So I had to change my number, of course. I still had to change my number again for the last time. So I haven't gotten anything, but he does a lot of social media stalking. He actually went on a long period where my dumb self, I put my new number into this emergency military system. Mm. And because he was the commander of a unit at the time, I believe that he was able to look up my information and find my number on this, on this public system. I just wasn't even thinking. I also have a work number that's public, and mm. I think he calls me a lot on that, so. And what is he saying? It doesn't say anything, you can hear breathing he's you weird know.
0: and if you're listening to this because you're a weird ass you're weird as hell weird. and you ever come around here i'm taking you to jail <laughs> i'm doing a citizen's <laughs> Look, arrest. seriously you are going to prison
1: yeah it's one of those things and you know let's not even forget i have nothing i went back to the states with two suitcases i still haven't gotten my stuff out of that military storage right won't give it back yeah
0: I mean, I, I totally get that other perspective of like, I just want to be done and leave it there and like yeah. never look back because that's so traumatic.
1: Yeah.
0: How do you, how do you heal? How do you allow another man into your life to yeah. take your heart and, you know, that you share it with him
1: and yeah. now you're engaged? Like, how do you get there? So firstly, my sister did reach out multiple times to try to get my things back. He's not giving it up. It takes just to click a two buttons. He has an address. It's click of two buttons to release the stuff and have it sent to my house. Well, not my house, my dad's house. And then I have a storage unit information that we sent to him, and he's just not going to give it back. So I've let it go. This was years ago. So I actually moved back to Chicago. Well, first, after this whole situation happened, I moved in with my dad in D.C. because mm-hmm. that's the only place where I felt safe. Mm-hmm. And then about two... Almost t- either two or three years ago, I moved to Chicago and I move in with two st- suitcases. I have nothing. Wow. And firstly, I want to say that I wish that I was more aware of how choosing a partner can be a life or death decision. Mm. I think that as women, mm. we actually don't think about it that way, but when you look at statistics, We, as women, are more likely to be killed by our romantic partner than anyone else, including a stranger. Mm -hmm. We are 15 times more likely to be killed by our partner than we are of a stranger. Mm -hmm. And if we think about how we walk out into the world and, you know, how I jump in the car at night and I make sure I lock my door. And if, if, if I walk around with a pocket knife or something like that, because I'm scared of a stranger, the truth is we should have that same energy when it comes to choosing our partner and mm. thinking about the fact that it, I don't want to go too extreme to saying life or death, but it's definitely between safe and dangerous. Mm-hmm. So I, I want the main piece of this episode to be based in encouraging women to see those red flags And run from those red flags, especially when it comes to men that are unstable and men that have anger issues. Yes. We have to look at these men as this person could harm me. This person could harm my children. There's mental abuse. There's emotional abuse. There's reproductive abuse. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of men that jump at commitment and jump to try to have a child with Mm -hmm. you. With the goal of slowing you down, mm-hmm. with the goal of not being a father <laughs> right. and the goal of merely just slowing you down because they have this inner distaste for you. And I felt like with him, he had to have had an inner distaste for me to torment me in this way. Mm-hmm. So I had to do a lot of therapy because I had to do a lot of this undoing like this, this, this fear that really held me down for so long. I had to figure out how to get through this fear. Even living in Chicago by myself, I had those little door stoppers, that long rod that you put on your doors. Mm -hmm. You know, I was constantly looking to my left and my right as I was going out to my car every single day for years. I had to really get through this fear. And I also had to let go of the things that he still has of mine to this day. So... I had to let go of those things that he now owns of mine. And some of those things were some of my mother's items that are near and dear mm. to me. And I I want to encourage women, one, to, to see those red flags, to get the therapy that you need, to really be able to look at a man as a life partner and if this person doesn't make you feel magical, then they're not your person. I want us to stop having this scarcity mindset that the first guy that comes along that has a decent job and knows how to communicate is our person because there are a lot of unstable people out here. Yes. And if they can't have you, they'll make sure no one can. Mm. And we have to really think about our relationships in that way. And I know it's an extreme way to think about it. And it's unfortunate that for me, it took being assaulted in the way that I was in Dubai and then walking around into another partner that is now abusing me in a different way, it took this, this damaging experience to be able to show me, wow, when choosing a partner, I have to be more strategic, I have to be more intentional, and I have to be more aware mm-hmm. of this relationship can make or break my life. And I think that as women, once we start thinking about it in that way will be able to truly understand how to choose the right person. And I yeah. think I've done that at this point, being engaged and planning a wedding. Yes, That I'm at a point in my life where it took the healing, it took the undoing. And once I got to a certain point, I was able to check a red flag real quick. Like mm-hmm. I was dropping men like like flies every mm-hmm. two seconds. Like, nope, not going to work. Nope, not going to work. Nope, not going to work. And I removed that scarcity mindset that I had, which was, oh, there's, 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 He's okay. You know, no. I removed it. And I said, we need to think of of having an abundance mindset. There's a good man out there somewhere. And I'm going to wait as long as it takes for him to get here. And as soon as I had that mindset, my fiance came along. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's everything I've ever dreamed and prayed for. Mm-hmm. And being with him is magical. And I'm so grateful for where I am in life right now. And I'm hoping... That if my story can just prevent one woman in the world from making a bad decision, then I've done what I needed to do. Yes. Oh, Mm -hmm. girl. Because
0: you can't change them. You can't. You can't change them. And sometimes it's not worth that free dinner. Because that free dinner could end your life because he could be a crazy maniac.
1: Literally. Even a trip to Dubai, I always tell myself, what would have happened if he would have dragged me in there, raped me, killed me? What would I have done? Mm. My, My family doesn't know where I'm at. I mean, they knew I was in Dubai. They didn't know where in Dubai I was. Right. I just sometimes we look at these free trips, like you said, free dinners. Mm -hmm. And we're like, "Ooh, you know, getting flued out. But you don't know this person enough to go anywhere with them. No. So we just we have to be we have to be more strategic and aware of the decisions that we're making. Tashauna,
0: when I said (laughs) you've lived many lives, I was not joking. I'm a cat Jesus <laughs> Girl If Nine people lives. want to find you And follow you And yes. your story And everything that you talk about Where can they find
1: you? They can find me On really every platform Instagram Facebook TikTok What's the other ones? My website is Deshauna.com, but everything is just Deshauna Barber on all those social media sites. But especially if you're just looking for encouragement or motivation, go to my website. is com. The girls are going to be flocking. I already Yay. know. <laughs> I already know.
0: Oh, I'm so proud of you. Thank, thank you for you. coming. Thank you for sharing your strength with us because I think we we all forget. So
1: yes. thank you. Thank you, Cammy. I'm proud of you, too. Nice
0: girl. <laughs> now we got to call my mom.
1: Yes, right. we do. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow.